TII Item 361, August 30th, 2015. Apple event confirmed for September 9th. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save $50 off your order and to get free shipping. This episode is sponsored by Trunk Club. Right now, the entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. Visit trunkclub.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stacy for sending in the music you hear in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song called Subsonic Routines with the app Korg Gadget, and the track was mastered with AudioShare. This is from my album, Space Age Sonic Goodness, where all the songs were created on an iOS device or on iOS devices. You can find my music by searching for Spectral 7th, two words, in Spotify. Regards, Stacy P. Well, thanks, Stacy, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Tom for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tom said the following. Hi, Rob. Here is a pic of the Trump Tower in Chicago that I took with my iPhone 6 and edited with the filter Noir in the built-in camera and then added TII with the app over. Regards, Tom D., Crystal Lake, Illinois. Well, thanks, Tom, for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Tom's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 361 or at Instagram.com slash iOS, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash iOS. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, I can't imagine anyone under the age of 30 wanting an iPad, PS3, a Wii, a Game Boy, or even a useful laptop maybe, but an iPad? Furthermore, I do not recall ever seeing anyone under 30 actually using an iPad. Unquote. John C. Dvorak, PC Mag, 13th December 2010. Well, obviously, Mr. Dvorak doesn't hang out with Jared. Oh, wait, too soon? Anyway, if Mr. Dvorak did hang out around folks under 30, especially those under 18, he would see that the iPad is used all the time. Today, when my kids' friends come over for playdates, and these are kids under the age of 10, many of them bring over their iPads so they can all play games together and network, and and sometimes they just want to watch different annoying orange videos together, or worse than that, listen to the Narwhal song 15 times in a row. Sometimes it makes me wish Mr. Dvorak was right. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 360, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Kaleidoscope Stereoscope 3D, If you're interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 360. Sorry, no new promo codes to give out this week. A quick reminder, though, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire.
First off, a big thanks to Damon F., who sent me photos of Patrick Stewart from Sonny Ozell's Twitter stream, where they were on a card table with David Blaine, and he was doing some magic tricks. But the interesting thing was it showed that Sir Patrick Stewart is still sporting an iPhone. Sonny, by the way, is his wife. And yes, the beginning of the quote that you hear each episode, that is of Sir Patrick Stewart. So thanks again, Damon, for sending those pics along. And now into the news. As had been expected, Apple has confirmed that their next event will be on September 9th. It will be at the normal 10 a.m. Pacific time slot, but it will be at the Bill Graham Auditorium, which was being rumored a couple of days prior to the Apple event invite being sent out. Uh, What is special about this venue is that it's much, much larger than the normal Apple venue. That may mean Apple has more to show off, to put the size in perspective, the Yorba Buena Center, which is where most of the Apple events for the past five years or so have been, seats a little under 1,500 people. The Flint Center and Cupertino, where a couple of events have been, seats around 2,400 people. And the Graham Civic Auditorium can seat 7,000 people. Obviously, my invite was lost in the mail again. Okay, now per that invite... Well, as always, people will try to overread into it. This time, uh, it has the quote on it that says, quote, Hey, Siri, give us a hint, unquote. And then the text, please join us for an invitation-only event at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco on Wednesday, September 9th at 10 a.m. Above the quote and the text is what looks to be the bottom half of the Apple stem, along with some wavy lines and some primary colors. Honestly, even if you're an avid coast-to-coast listener, you're going to have a hard time making much out of this invite. Most do think it means, if it means anything, it means that the next Apple TV will support Siri. This event will be live-streamed, which will again require an iOS device running iOS 7 or later, or a second or third gen Apple TV, or a Mac with Safari, and believe it or not, a PC running Windows 10 using the Edge browser. For the next episode, I will be going over the bingo card, which I should have ready for the next episode, which should be around September 4th, which will have the majority of the most repeated rumors on it. I think some of those key ones are going to be one, obviously, new iPhones, the 6S and 6S Plus, which will have forced touch and a 12 megapixel backside camera and finally 4K video recording and 2 gig of RAM. With the event on September 9th, that most likely means that at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time on September 11th, orders will open for the next iPhone. You'll want to use the iOS App Store app uh, if you want to get in first. That traditionally has been available about 10 minutes before the online store with a browser have both going at the same time, just to be safe. Then the iPhone should start being delivered one week later on Friday, September 18th. Some recent rumors on the next-gen iPhone come from some code found hidden in iOS 9, and it suggests that the new iPhones will sport forward-facing flash and 1080p resolution, which would offer better selfies overall and better pics in the light situations. Per that forward flash, it is being reported, um, it will not be a mechanical flash, but rather a software flash. If you have a Mac laptop and have used the photo booth, you know what that is. It's where they whiten the screen when you snap a picture. 
and they used the screen as kind of a pseudo or poor man's flash. And again, the rumor about the 7000 series aluminum per what's used in the Apple Watch is back and more robust than ever. And, and they're saying that the shell and the casing is going to be more robust than ever and harder to bend. Uh, remember, harder to bend does not mean unbendable. It will still be a thin device made of metal. Given a strong enough person, they will be able to bend it with their bare hands, which again will make for a link baitish video on YouTube, which I'm sure will not get any Google SEO love. None, none at all. Another thing being reported by supposed leaks at carriers is that the min storage will remain at 16 gig. Many seem surprised by this. However, I'm not. I've mentioned previously on the show. Um, last year, a lot of people chose to go with the 64 gig version over the 16 gig. But if the choice is 32 gig or 64, a lot of people are just going to go with 32 gig and save the 100 bucks. And that will be a big margin hit. So sadly, I think Apple is choosing pure profit in this case over the end user experience. 16 gig is not a level that anyone should get. Sorry, it's how I feel. And if Apple still has 16 gig as the min size for the new phone, that, in my mind, is purely a profit-driven decision. Guess Apple figures $200 billion in cash is just not enough. There will also likely be a new Apple TV with Siri support and an App Store. And there will also be the introduction of the iPad Pro, or so many are saying. That is still, you know, that's, I, that's one I'm not agreeing on and others aren't agreeing on other. I'm, I'm really skeptical about the iPads, any iPads being included. And if there is any iPads, it would just be the iPad Pro. Um, it's likely there will be not, there will not be much, or if anything, said about the other iPads. I just, it's a lot to do in one event. Because, you know, Apple still has iOS 9 to go over, Apple Watch OS 2 to go over, in addition to the next iPhones and the Apple TV 4th Gen, and then Apple Music. That, throwing an iPad by just seems to get lost in the, in the shuffle. So I'm not 100% convinced that there will be... I, I, I know that I really don't believe there will be iPads announced. If anything, iPad Pro, but boy, I, that just seems like... If it's, as the other rumors are saying, it's not going to be available to November. Why do it now? Why get it lost in the shuffle? Just wait until October and do a small little event for just the iPad Pro. But hey, that's just my opinion. Per the fourth gen Apple TV, there are a bunch of articles swirling around about what this device will offer. Most seem to think the new remote will be one where there are buttons in the lower third or so of the remote face with the rest of it being a touchpad on the top half or top two-thirds. Matthew Panazzarino at TechCrunch also believes the remote will have motion sensors, think we control-like control. Instantly, that makes the remote and the Apple TV a potentially powerful gaming machine. Add in the App Store, and you have a device that will make Sony and Nintendo very, very nervous. It will also likely have an A8 processor, so the same basic processor as is in your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. And since it's plugged in, Apple can turn up the clock speed. I've seen reports about 32 gig of internal storage. Given the remote complexity um, and the internal specs, this does not sound like a $99 device. More likely a $199 device, maybe even $249 device. 
One other thing being reported is that it will launch without a, mag- a major video content streaming deal in place. But again, it will have an App Store and Netflix, and that's still a lot. And then if the new Apple TV 4th Gen is a hit, that will help Apple put pressure on the content creators to get a deal in place sooner rather than later. It's also being reported that Apple pushed off a WWDC launch so Apple could work on, quote, polish, 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 unquote, meaning Apple wants the UI on this to be super buttery smooth. I know I've said this before, and I say it uh, right before every Apple event, uh, that there's an Apple TV coming, but it does look like it's coming this time. Well, I think I said that the last time too. Okay, Apple TV, break my heart again. I dare you. Now, prior to the announcement of the new venue for the September 9th event, prior to the official announcement, that is, there was speculation from an analyst, Brian Blair at Rosenblatt Securities, that exactly that would happen. It would be at that venue. And and he felt the big reason would be, quote, we believe that it is likely to be the revamped Apple TV box, which has been expected for a number of years. One idea, which could be far-fetched, is that Apple wants additional space to create a home living room to show how HomeKit will work, unquote. Per HomeKit, he went on to say, Quote, HomeKit, Apple announced HomeKit back in June of 2014, and we haven't seen much from the company on what HomeKit can do. We believe a software framework for controlling multiple devices in a home would be a strong feature for a revamped Apple TV, unquote. Let's just say this. If there is no Apple TV at this event, the price of eggs are going to double. You know, due to all of us saying it will be announced and then having eggs on our face. You know, in case you didn't get the reference. Hmm. What is it they say about a joke you need to explain? Oh, yeah. It's just like a UI you need to explain. It's not very good. I want to read to you a quote from episode 322. That's the episode that went up right after I received my iPhone 6 Plus last year. Quote, Once I received it, I noticed my wife was suffering from PIDs. Actually, I noticed she suffered from PIDs when I received my iPhone 5S and 4S. Guys, if you don't know what PIDS is, it is post-iPhone delivery syndrome. And it usually shows up as shortness of conversation, accompanied by crazy requests to do chores as soon as you get the new iPhone. That is followed by mild to severe moodiness. Severe cases are usually caused by you going on and on and on about your new iPhone. And your significant other feels, shall we say, a little neglected. So guys and gals, let me say this. Don't let your significant other suffer from PIDs. Take them out to dinner or do something else to let them know you still care, unquote. And again, you can go back to episode 322 to hear that quote. It's around the 11-minute mark. I reread that quote because this year, guys, we have a sponsor that can help defeat PIDs, and that is Bolin Branch. How does Bolin Branch help you defeat PIDs? By allowing you to buy luxury sheets at an affordable price in a package your significant other will love and feel appreciated when you gift it to them. Like I said a year ago, do something to let them know you still care. And this is that something special. The sheets from Bolin Branch are made from 100% organic cotton. Not because organic is a buzzword, but because organic cotton is incredibly soft. And the sheets get softer each time you wash them. We had ours for a few weeks now, and they are incredible. 
you'll get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging you for sheets of far lower quality. I really could not believe how excited my wife was to get these new sheets. And the box they came in, and individual pouches for the sheets and the pillowcases, and the presentation, well, it was simply amazing. Until Bowling Branch, no one challenged department stores, so they've been overcharging you for crummy sheets forever, and there was just nowhere else to shop. But now you can buy right from BowlingBranch.com with Bowl spelled B-O-L-L. Folks, you can kiss those retail markups goodbye. These sheets are the only sold online at BowlingBranch.com. You can't buy them in stores. That is how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. How nice are these sheets? Well, three living U.S. presidents sleep on Bowling Branch sheets, and they can choose any bedding in the world, and they choose Bowling Branch. But here is the best part. Don't take my word for it or the three ex-presidents. Try them out for yourself for 30 days risk-free. Bowling Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you a 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. And hey, if the rumors about the Apple TV are true, you're going to be spending more time in bed anyway, so make sure you have the best sheets to go with the best set-top box. If you order right now, they will give you $50 off a set of sheets, plus give you free shipping. Just go to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get that $50 off. That's right, $50 off by going right now to B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com and using promo code TII. Again, if you're looking to defeat PIDs this year, Bowl and Branch has you covered. Pun intended. Hi, Rob. This is Luis. I'm uh, calling from Qatar, Doha. Yes, your show is a success all around the globe. I'm calling concern uh, last show where you had the listener asking about Apple Watch and uh, water. Apparently, Apple says that they should not mix, although you can wash your hands and uh, get some rain. I've been swimming with the watch for the past two months now. Although I cannot recommend to anyone, I got no problem whatsoever. To me, it's just uh, I got no option. The, the thing I do is uh, swimming. So if you cannot use the fitness track with the swimming, the watch would be useless to me. So I just took the plunge and uh, started using on the swimming pool. Although on the last weekend, I went to the seaside, but I just uh, did not have the courage to use on the salt water. I think that's uh, just pushing it too much. So once again, uh, she should not be concerned about uh, washing the hands. The water is very water resistant, but uh, if someone is just uh, willing to try swimming, although I cannot recommend, it's totally possible. I've been tracking the swimming for the last two months and uh, no problem. The only thing I see is just uh, right after you leave the swimming pool, uh, the speakers will, will not be as loud as it is supposed to be because probably have some water on the on the speaker hole, and it uh, should be the same to the mic. But once the water the the water dries out from the holes, the the speaker resumes normal operation. Also, Bluetooth. Once it's underwater, it's uh, completely loose connection. Even if you have your uh, iPhone near you. Uh, you're going to lose connection anyway because apparently uh, Bluetooth is uh, not waterproof. So that's pretty much it. See you. Thanks for the show. Luis, thanks for your feedback. And I can't recommend that you go swimming with your Apple Watch, although Luis is not the only one to email me or call me and tell me that they've done so. 
Apple definitely doesn't recommend it in the in the ocean. I'll say this, it will be interesting to see if Apple approves a native third-party app for tracking swimming. So let's see if Apple allows it. I'm sure someone's going to submit a native third-party app for tracking the motion and workouts when you swim. Right now, swimming is obviously not one of the options on your Apple Watch. Let's see if Apple allows that or approves that type of app later on. It might have to be a hybrid app where you have a few different activities that it tracks. But uh, I got to imagine someone's going to come out with a swimming-only app. And uh, we'll see how long it takes for Apple to approve that, if they do. Back to the email bag we go. Hey, Rob, just wanted to mention something from your last episode pertaining to the listener who returned his Apple Watch and couldn't figure out a way to keep the screen on when checking his heartbeat. Yes, during workouts and other workouts, uh, you can raise your wrist uh, and those apps will resume. But for other apps, you must go into General, Wake Screen, and select Resume Last Activity option, which will then let him check his heart rate with, without actually your heartbeat, without actually having to touch the screen with sweaty fingers. Regards, Jacoby from Houston. Well, thanks, Jacoby, for that reminder. Also from the email bag, Hi, Rob. In episode 360, a caller asked about losing Wi-Fi passwords. I had the same concern and use 1Password for iOS. It's a great app, uses Touch ID, and has a section explicitly for wireless routers. When I'm at someone else's house and they give me their Wi-Fi password, I go right to 1Password and create an entry. Then I, co I can copy and paste that paste password into my Wi-Fi settings. I found this is particularly helpful when accessing networks on non-techie savvy individuals, such as parents and grandparents, since Half the time they ask me what the password is anyway. Hope that helps. Regards, Lou V. Hi, Rob. Emailing in with a suggestion for the user um, a couple weeks ago who was having problems with the volume of their alarm. Under settings, sounds, there is an option called change with it, uh, change with it, which changes the volume of the ringer and alerts if you allow it with the buttons for volume up and volume down. I have mine switched to off, which means that when the volume up and volume down bu uh, buttons, it can only change the volume of my music or voiceover, etc. It does not change the volume of the ringers or alerts. I think this may be the problem with the user who had silent alarms when they, the volume was turned down. Regards, Rocco. Well, Rocco, thank you for that feedback. And folks, Again, what Rocco was saying is go into the settings app, go to sounds, and then you'll see an option, change with buttons. By default, that's turned on. Turn that off, and then you can't use the buttons to change the ringer and alert sounds. And that's probably what's happened here is they have manually brought down the sound of the alarm. And if they turn that off, that shouldn't happen anymore. So again, Rocco, thank you for that feedback. Hey, Rob Gunner from Chicago here. So I download Apple Music, and I'm loving it. But I have one slight problem. Um, I'm also a subscriber to iTunes Match, and it is nowhere to be found. All my songs that I have on iTunes Match, I can't hook them. Uh, like things that aren't on Apple Music, like the Beatles, stuff like that, it's not coming up. Um, I have a AT&T 5S. 
um, and nothing's working on it. Now, I also have, I tried it on my work phone, which is an iPhone 6 from Sprint, and the weird thing is all my iTunes Match stuff is in there. So if I want to listen to something that's not on Apple Music, I can't do it on my AT&T 5S. Is there a, a way to, I don't know, did I accidentally turn it off? Um, is this a problem that's been out there? I have no idea. I'm, I'm liking iTunes Match. I'm liking Apple Music, but I miss my iTunes Match. There's anything you know of how to turn it. I can't go through the settings and figure out um, how to turn it on. So I don't know if other people are having problems with that, but I would appreciate the help. Thanks, man, for all you do. Hi, Gunnar. First off, make sure you haven't canceled iTunes Match, which sounds like you haven't. Next, make sure you are upgraded to iTunes, the latest version of iTunes on your computer, and get everything synced up. If you are not at the latest version of iTunes, that can cause you issues. If anyone else has any other ideas or suggestions for Gunner, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Karthik M, who posted the following question, quote, I changed the equalizer, but the sound is still the same. I've tried different settings, but no change in sound. I'm listening via Pandora today. Does EQ work only with the music app? Unquote. And the answer is best summed up by Timmy T, who said simply, yep, and yep it is. Apple's EQ effects for audio are per files being played by the music app. It is not for all music being played on the iOS device, just via Apple's own music app and apps. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this post from Mark Tracy, who wrote, quote, I was wondering what will the S stand for for the iPhone 6S? iPhone 4S equals Siri. iPhone 5S equals security. iPhone 6S S is going to equal what? Oh, and the new feature I'd love to see on the iPhone is when Tim Cook says just one more thing and then drops the phone into a bucket of water. Regards, Mark from the UK. Mark, that would make for a sweet ending. There have been some rumors about waterproof features being added to the iPhone. I doubt it is this iPhone, but it would be nice. Per the S, Apple never really does say. Some say the S in 4S was about Steve as in Steve Jobs, because he had just passed away. The S in the 3GS obviously was about speed, and for the 5S, some said it was about sensors. If anyone wants to put in their two cents on what they think the theme is for the S update, as the S stands for what, give us a call or shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts on what you think the S is. I'll share my thoughts when you share yours. A new report's out from IDC, which was heavily, heavily reported on, and it has Apple in the number two spot globally for the wearables market with 3.6 million units of the Apple Watch sold in the second quarter of 2015. Except, you know, if you listen to episode 357, based on the numbers Apple has provided and Slice worked out for ASPs, 
the best, absolute best case scenario for the Apple Watch sales for Q2 in 2015 is 2.6 million. No way, no how did they ship 3.6 million Apple Watches to end users in that quarter. Just not possible based on the numbers. IDC has Fitbit sales at 4.4 million units, um, even if that number is accurate, um, with 2.6 million uh, Apple Watches sold, which I'm believing is the real number, the revenue from the Apple Watch would be greater still um, than it was for the Fitbits. Overall, IDC sees the market share last quarter at 18.1 million units or of in the wearable market. Based on the numbers IDC had, uh, Xiaomi uh, had 3.1 million units shipped, which by my calculation really means Apple was in third place last quarter, not second place. Fourth place was and is Garmin at 0.7 million units, and fifth place belongs to Sammy at just 0.6 million units sold. Again, given how far off IDC is on the Apple Watch numbers, it does bring into question all the other numbers and the validity thereof. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which goes in the what the heck were they thinking file. And by they, I mean Apple, and by Apple, in this case, I mean Angela Arnett, who, for those that are not collecting the Apple executive playing cards, Angela now runs Apple Retail. Let me just read her quote with regards to the Apple Watch. And this is per video she was in talking to Apple Store employees on how to push the Apple Watch. Quote, The Apple Watch is the greatest back-to-school item this year, and it can be used in the classroom without a teacher seeing, unlike with a larger iPhone. I don't think the teachers have caught on to the Apple Watch yet. Unquote. And then she told retail staff to tell students to, quote, jump on it before the teachers do, unquote. Yay, team. Way to go, Apple. Great life lesson you're teaching the youth of America and the world. And now it's very possible that someone simply dropped some acid in Miss Arnett's vodka, which then caused her to run full speed into the wall head first just prior to recording that video. I mean, I'm not going to put anything, you know, out of the realm of possibilities, Short of that, however, wow and um, ow, not your finest moment, Apple. I love this next story. And by love, I mean I love hate. It's about Google telling iOS developers how to basically undercut security features in iOS 9. This specifically per the app transport security. App transport security, according to Apple, is, quote, and enforces best practices in secure connections between an app and its back end, unquote. What Google was doing was asking iOS developers to disable app transport security to serve ads, per the EFF, with reaction per the post that Google put up on how to and why to do this, quote, Apple's app transport security ensures that apps make secure connections to servers, but the fix in this post disables that protection on all domains, I think developers who install this quick fix are likely to leave it in indefinitely, leaving their apps open to sniffing, unquote. Always good to see that Apple does not treat iOS users any different than it does Android users, which you know is kind of like how the butcher treats the hog. Just saying. We have another new sponsor this week, and that is Trunk Club. Visit trunkclub.com slash TII. Trunk Club takes the hassle out of clothes shopping. I hate shopping for clothes, and I used to work in a clothes store back between my freshman and sophomore years in college. I was the only guy that summer in a unisex trendy clothing store on Long Island. There was 12 other girls I worked with. 
but that is a story for another time and a different type of show. But I do remember what they told me on the first day. Don't ever ask anyone if they need help. Don't use the word help at all. It was a huge no-no. Why? Because people were skittish to start with being in a clothing store. I understand that because I hate going shopping for clothes now. And well, actually, I, I really hate going to the store and then searching for something I hope I'm going to like, and then going to the dressing rooms, and who knows what was on that floor. Again, story for another show. What Trunk Club does is a few things. First, they ask you what your style is, what type of fit you like, and what your sizes are. And then they put you in contact with a personal stylist. Mine is Mary. Hi, Mary. And then you talk. Yes, I had the call about what are you wearing, but it's a call in a good way. Then you get a trunk sent out to you full of clothes that fits perfectly, looks great, that you get to try on, on your own, in your house, no rush, no pressure, no one generically saying, you look great in that. You get to walk around and wear it and get a real life feel for the clothes. I had three different sports coats slash blazers sent in my trunk. All of them look great and were, of course, from the best brands. I then went and tried those on with the different shirts I already own, the ones I like to wear, and then I was able to easily figure out which one of those blazers worked best with what I already had, and also was different from the different sports coats that I already owned. So now I have a great new sports coat that really complements what I already owned, that I will actually be wearing at the show I'm going to in Cleveland in early September. Yes, I am officially a Trunk Club customer, and I could not have been any easier. I was able to try on the different jeans that Mary also picked out and see how they did or did not differ from what I already owned, which was nice because I found that the jeans sent were pretty close in look and feel to what I already had, so uh, back in the trunk they went. And that's the best part of Trunk Club. Keep what you like, send back the rest, and there's no pressure to keep anything if you don't want. And this is not a subscription service. You only get the trunks you asked for. When you're done, they have already included the return shipping label and tape to close up the trunk. And they give you a number to call for quick pickup by UPS. All this can be done without stepping outside your house. Right now, the entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage, go right now to trunkclub.com slash TII. Again, that's trunkclub.com slash TII for a trunk filled with great looking and fitting clothes that you're going to love wearing. Thanks, Trunk Club, for supporting this show. Hello, listeners. Hello, Rob. This is Michael. I'm in Thousand Oaks, California. I needed a spare charger for my iPhone, the cable. So I went to the Apple store. They had two different lengths, I believe the one meter and the two meter, so I got the shorter of the two. It was $29 versus $39, and when I opened it up and got it home, I noticed one side is white and a little concave in the middle, and then the other side is just plain um, shiny steel. But the cord, longer cord that came with my Apple Watch, both sides are white, which is a bit more confusing to know which side is the positive and negative charge. Did anyone buy the two meter and is that the same thing? And why does Apple have two different kinds? Just wondering why that is. 
maybe somebody can clarify, but I prefer the the steel one. But anyway, I just got the shorter one because I don't need a bunch of cords for when I travel, just for the weekend occasionally. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Hi, Michael. Thanks for the voicemail feedback. I have no idea why they're different, uh, other than maybe the initial ones that they're shipping, they realized after a while that mm, that's not the right way to do it. We really do need to differentiate. And the ones that you're buying now were designed after the fact and are the better way. I, I agree. There should be some easier way to tell apart. What I would really like to see from Apple isn't a one or a two meter for travel. What I'd really like to see is one that's like three inches long, four inches long, something that's really much shorter for just plugging in and taking with you when you travel so that you can have it right there on your on your laptop and just lay your watch on it when you're um, on business and you don't have a long cord. So I really want a, sh- a much, much, much shorter one. And I haven't found one yet, you know, just one that's just a few inches long. If anyone does see one that's longer like that or shorter like that, I should say, uh, let me know, send me a link. And if anyone knows any answers there to Michael's question, give us a call or shoot us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Again, Michael, thank you for your feedback. Hi Rob, this is per the Jam Transit headphones. I'll do a full review of these a little later, but I can't believe what you get for the 30 bucks or so. Best 30 bucks I've spent in a while. Good bass, good volume. Don't think there is a a voice prompt, but not sure yet. I tried to run down to get a low battery prompt, but the thing just keeps going and going. Spec is 11 hours, play three hours, recharge. Speaker mic is a little muffled, but understandable. Plenty of volume for those low-volume podcasts, louder than earbuds. Great music sound. Comfort is okay for at least two hours. I'll be getting a backup pair. I'm that impressed. I guess that's kind of a review, isn't it? Anyway, I'll give a, a further review later on. Regards, Mike R. Well, Mike, thank you for that semi-review. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. I know I may be late Uh, to this topic you put out there on the podcast prior to the most recent one, but I thought I would add my two cents. All the bells and whistles that Apple is adding are nice and all, but honestly, the two main features, enhancements that would really interest me the most for getting a new iPhone would be better battery and probably at this point, greater device storage. Innovation is of course nice and great, but so is improving upon the basics. I know Apple talks up how you can enjoy a seamless streaming experience with Apple Music or access all your important documents via iCloud or any of the other iCloud-based services, mitigating the need for onboard storage. But for many of us, relying on solid data connection at all times and places still isn't a reality. Besides considering the fact that apps are getting larger in size, enhanced video and photo taking capabilities, etc., Storage can be gobbled up quickly, not to mention that they can be battery hugs. That's even before you even think about backing up to the cloud and blazing through whatever data plan you're on. With phones getting larger and larger and the components getting smaller and smaller, you figure there would be enough space for bigger battery as was for last year's model, but also slap some more flash storage in the device too. Who knows, maybe a 194 or 256 gig model simply doesn't have the same ring to it. Uh, anyway, didn't mean for my email to sound like a mini rant, but again, force touch, 4K filming, 12 megapixel camera, etc., all nice, but give me a better battery and more storage, and I would be all over that like nobody's business. Regards, Cristobal. 
Well, thanks for your feedback. And I'll say this. One of the rumors about the new iPhone 6S and 6S Plus is 4K video recording. And then they're also saying 16 gig is your min storage size. Doesn't take a lot of video recording at 4K to fill up 16 gig plus add in a few other apps. And boy, and remember, 16 gig isn't really 16 gig. It's more like 12 gig. It's not going to take long to chew through 12 gig. So again, in my opinion, if there is 4K video recording, or, or even regardless of what the Apple adds, 16 gig for a minimum is just too small. 32 gig should be the absolute minimum Apple offers. We'll see if they're more interested in raising that 200 billion or if they're more interested in the end users when Apple releases the new round on September 9th. Hey, Rob, it's Howard from New York. I listen to your podcast a lot. Quick question. I was wondering if there's an app out there for iOS devices that can spot you a parking spot. I live in New York. Parking is crazy here. And I was wondering if there's a app that has, like, the, the map and where people are pulling in and pulling out in terms of parking spaces. That would be very helpful. Please, if you know of any, please put it on the podcast, on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Howard. I believe an app like this launched some time ago, but the problem was no one was actually entering when parking spots became open. They were only just looking for open spots, and no one was actually entering in the information when new spots became available. Now, maybe there's something out there now that does that and actually is used, but the problem here is there's no real incentive for people to say, yes, I just left this spot open. It, it, the whole use case is about finding open spots, not saying a spot is open. Now, if anyone does know of an app to help Howard, give us a call or shoot us an email. Let us know the app name and if you're using it and what city you're in and how well it works for you. A new Kickstarter project. This one is from the folks at Sanho Corp. They are the ones behind the Pearl Compact Mirror and Rechargeable Battery Pack. That's one of the greatest ideas ever for a Kickstarter project and one my wife loves and her friends envy. They also did the iStick. Well, they have a new project. It is Hyperlink, and it is a stainless steel Apple Watch link bracelet. This one had a goal of 50K, is already triple that, and it has until October 1st at 1.59 a.m. Central Time for funding. Delivery is scheduled somewhere out in November. Pricing on this right now is $49. While that level is close to selling out, the next level is $59. This is a beautiful band for your Apple Watch, and they are available in silver and also space black. This will definitely dress up your Apple Watch. Definitely a nice compliment to the great clothes you'll be getting from trunkclub.com slash TII, which is why I'm backing this project. If I'm going to up my game on the clothing side, I do need to have an alternative to the standard blue Apple Watch band. And even if you can only get in at $59, it is still much less expensive than the 449 Apple charges for their very similar link bracelet. Search for hyperlink in kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 361 at todayinios.com. And again, this is one I am personally funding. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting this in November. I'll be looking very stylish uh, for Thanksgiving. Hi, Rob. Rich in Huntsville, Alabama quick question about Bluetooth connections. I use several different Bluetooth speakers and Bluetooth headsets and of course my car and some other things and I'm just curious is there a quicker way to activate and then change those connections than drilling down into settings, Bluetooth and then selecting which one you're going to use? 
because I use like an Amazon Echo and when I right now when I go in to connect to it I do settings Bluetooth Amazon it connects and then when I leave the room I have to do the same thing to either turn off Bluetooth and drop that connection or go select the headphones I'm going to use after I've turned those on and that just it's a lot of drilling down into menus I was curious if there's an app for a Bluetooth switcher or some kind of task manager or some way to make that considerably fewer clicks if you or the viewers have a better way to do that I would certainly love to hear it thanks keep up the great work love the show talk to you later bye bye hi Rich normally how I change uh, when I'm going from one Bluetooth device to another is I actually do it from the audio app that I'm in you can go to the source inside the audio app and choose different devices you can choose like airplay or choose where you want to hear it and I will then go and choose the different audio source so you should be able in most apps most audio apps be able to choose the different Bluetooth devices that you are able to connect to now that may not be true if you're only connected to one and it's only seeing it and it's not connected to a different one but if you're already connected to the Bluetooth device and you open it up, uh, you should be able to then select that right from the audio source of the app. If anyone else has any other suggestions, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. I have a question for you regarding the beta for iOS. I am running iOS 9 public beta on my iPad 2. I really like new features as well as some of the finer tweaks. My iPad seems to be overall functioning very well. I am aware that many of the new features are only available for the iPad Air 2 and newer, but I am stumped by this. I am using the new Notes app and seem to be missing the sketch feature. This was something I was looking forward to immensely, but I do not see this option. I have scoured the internet for answers and cannot find anything concrete. Do you know if the sketch feature is available for the second generation iPad if yes, can you advise how I can make that feature work? Regards, Brenton N. from Pittsburgh, PA. Hi, Brenton. This is one that Apple really needs to improve on. This is, uh, it's still beta, and I haven't talked about it yet. But boy, when iOS 9 launches, if it's still the same way as now, mm, it's confusing. Okay, so it's there. Let me tell you how you find it. First up, in the notes, when you go into your notes folder, um, click in the upper left to notes click again in the upper left until you get to where it says folders. And then you're going to see notes and it's going to have probably uh, whatever your email is. And then below that, you're going to see on my iPad or on my iPhone. Uh, in this case, I'm on the iPhone 6 Plus. Uh, click on notes under on my phone or on, on my iPad. And then you can go ahead and create a note that has the the uh, squiggly line, you'll see the little squiggly line, and you can go and then draw in that case. You have to create a new note, um, get rid of your keyboard, make sure you minimize, get your keyboard out of the way. You have to get your keyboard out of the way. The tools are at the bottom. But again, um, they're there. Uh, you'll see at the bottom of the screen on the lower right side um, a camera, and then right next to it a squiggly line. Tap the squiggly line. That'll bring up your tools for doing the notes. Again, this only works when you're creating a new note that's on your device, not a new note that syncs via iCloud. I, it, to me, makes no sense why they're doing it one way or the other. Again, I don't like to talk too much about the beta. Maybe it's a beta thing. We'll definitely be talking about this when iOS 9 launches because 
this to me was one of the hardest and confusing things to find. It took a lot of research and finally found it. But again, go to notes in the upper left, go all the way back to you see folders, and then click on notes under on my and then create a new one, get your keyboard down out of the way, and then you'll be able to see it. Expect us to talk about this more come mid-September. Thanks again for that question. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. On episode 360, you mentioned that you would have to have the phone on the bridge of your nose in order to hear the stereo separation. But what if Apple put a speaker on the top of the phone directly above where the bottom speaker is? This would give great stereo separation when watching videos in landscape mode, especially on the iPhone 6 Plus with a case with a stand. I know it's not going to happen, but one can hope, right? Regards, Travis, Watertown, New York. Travis, that would be great if Apple had speakers on opposite side landscape mode-wise. But what they've done already for the devices, if you look at the iPads, is they put both speakers at the bottom. Now, one reason they probably can't do that anyway with the iPhone is that's also where they have the headphone jack, and there's not much room down there anyway to put to. But it's just as ridiculous as looking at the iPad mini that has stereo speakers, and the only really way to enjoy those stereo speakers on the iPad mini is to put that sucker right on the bridge of your nose. Anything other than that, you really can't tell they're stereo speakers. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I recently discovered a problem when I wanted to improve the security of my Google Plus account by adding two-step verification. After doing this on my computer, I went into iOS Mail app on my phone, intending to add the application-specific password, which is what Google instructions say I needed. However, I discovered that there is no way to access the password setting in a Gmail account on the iPhone. I thought about deleting the account and setting it up again, but quick search through Apple Forms and other help sites showed that this could be, create even a bigger problem. I quickly went back into Google and turned off two-step verification. Otherwise, I would be unable to access my mail. I am running iOS 8.3. My wife has 8.4 on both phones. I could not find any method for, of changing an existing Gmail account's password. Do you or your listeners know of a solution to this problem? Regards, Bruce. And Bruce, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone can help Bruce, give us a call or shoot us an email. G'day Rob, it's Todd here from Sydney, Australia. Just been listening to uh, your, your latest podcast. Love it, absolutely love it, mate. Always listen. It's kind of built up a bit of an Apple Watch lust in my heart. Unfortunately, here in Sydney, Australia, we pay $579 for the 42mm version of the, the sport model that i am uh, currently got my eye on. Unfortunately, in discussion with my wife, we decided, and when I say we, I mean she, decided that it was a little bit too much money at this stage. So maybe one day I'll get one when I'm a little bit more financially secure. But in the short term, for Father's Day, she bought me a Garmin Vivo Smart Fitness Band. Now, this is a great little device. It has quite a few of the features of the Apple Watch, which uh, I think she was hoping would uh, quell my Apple Watch lust for a little while. And uh, I think it's going to. It's um, quite fantastic, actually, for a, a tiny little device. Um, I get all my text messages and um, emails and so on on the watch with little tap notifications and so on. And, of course, all the fitness features uh, directly import into... Apple Health, which is a real bonus because I'm quite familiar with the um, Apple Health app and have been using it for quite a while. So uh, if anybody out there is um, in the same situation I am, you can't quite afford the Apple Watch at this stage, have a look at the Garmin VivoSmart uh, Fitness Band. It's got a great standalone app and um, as I said, it, it integrates directly into 
Apple Health for all the uh, fitness features and sleep tracking and so on. Uh, I think they're only about $100, which was uh, quite a bit less than the uh, Apple Watch. Thanks uh, for everything you do, Rob. I love the show, and uh, I'll be listening. Thank you. Bye. Todd, thanks for the feedback. Garmin's headquarters is only about five miles from my house. You'd think they'd advertise on the show. Oh, well. Hey, Rob, this is John P. from Vancouver, Canada. Just listened to your most recent podcast. I think it's 357, talking about the release of 8.4.1 iOS. And with Apple's current problems acquiring content for an Apple TV channel release, I was thinking, so they have $194 billion in cash reserves. Why don't they just acquire Netflix and then get access to their catalog and be done with it? The market cap for Netflix is only about $45 billion currently. That would still leave them with $150 billion in cash reserves, and it would probably solve a whole lot of video licensing issues for them. Doesn't that seem to make sense? Just saying. Hi, John. The time for Apple to acquire Netflix was a few years ago when Netflix market cap was down around $3 billion. Uh, Apple had the chance, obviously, at the time. They had the money then even. That's when they should have done it. Now at $44 billion, that's 12 times greater than the value of any company. They've well over 12 times greater, 14 times greater than the value of any company they've ever acquired. So the chances of them acquiring Netflix at the current market cap, not going to happen. Plus, for them to get all the licensing rights and everything else is not going to cost them $44 billion. It's going to take them a little bit of time, but it's not $44 billion worth it for them to do that given who they are and the cash they already have out there with the different companies. So $44 billion makes absolutely no sense for Apple to acquire Netflix. On top of that, most of Apple's cash isn't even in the U.S., so they have to repatriate it, and then there's a whole issue of taxes. So from a financial point of view, it makes no sense for Apple to acquire Netflix today. Again, they should have done it a few years ago when they had opportunity. I mentioned it on the show a few years back that Apple should acquire Netflix. Um, too late now. That chip has sailed. It's, it's gone. Long, long gone. Um, and again, Apple is not going to spend $44 billion on their own to get all the rights together for their own service that they're rolling out. It's not anywhere even close to that. And one other correction, uh, per Apple's last quarterly report, it was $202.8 billion, so they're already over $200 billion. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Could you please give me Daniel's Instagram name again? I must have rewound 15 times, and I still couldn't get it on your podcast. Regards, Shannon. Shannon, Daniel from the UK's Instagram is Instagram.com slash Mr. Beardy, B-E-A-R-D-Y, Dan, Mr. Beardy Dan. So Instagram.com slash Dan. Hi, Rob. Here are my event predictions. New iPhone 6S, 6S Plus, and 6C, slightly thicker 4-inch. iOS 9 split-screen features, NFC, Wi-Fi charging, induction charging, longer life battery, force touch, graphic animation similar to Apple Watch, Lock screen animations, 12 megapixel eyesight camera 4K video recording and still recording, two 5 plus megapixel front facing cameras plus selfie flash, new iPad mini with similar features, new iPad Pro, full touch iOS 10 El Capitan, 2 gig RAM, all devices, 
A9 memory, uh, A9 processors switch from LCD to OLED, possibly sharp made. Regards, Chris in London. All right, Chris, we'll see how you do. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. Um, I'm calling with um, kind of like a suggestion for people that they can use. Now, this isn't a um, isn't recommended if you don't have a password on your computer or something. But what you can do, you can set your laptop to be to be a trusted device that will automatically unlock your phone. So, like what happened to that caller that wasn't able to put in the code on their thing. They have one computer in their house that has a passcode on it. They can open up the passcode on their computer, plug the phone in, and then it'll automatically unlock. Now, unfortunately for them, there's really no way that I see that they can do that now. But you can do that, and it's a nice little extra safety thing to have so that you don't so you don't get to the point where you stop unlocking or stop locking up your phone. But it is a convenience factor. It does lower your security because if someone has access to your computer, they have access to your phone. But, hey, it's just a little suggestion out there for people that might, it might help. So um, thanks a lot. I love the show. Have a great day. Bye. Give us a hint. What? You can't tell from my colorful wavy words. Give us a hint. I can neither confirm nor deny that I am not authorized either to confirm or deny that I cannot disclose anything that you would then have to confirm. In any case, I would deny it. Got it? Give us a hint. Why don't you check a rumor's blog? That's what I do. Give us a hint. You're cute when you're desperate for information. Give us a hint. The only hint I can give you right now is a hint of lime and that there's a big announcement on September 9th. Thanks again to Trunk Club for sponsoring this episode. Right now, their entire styling service is free. Even the shipping is free. You only pay for the clothes you keep. To take advantage, go right now to trunkclub.com slash TII. That's trunkclub.com slash TII for a trunk filled with great looking and great fitting clothes that you are going to love wearing. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it into the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for a new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on this show. This is your show and your feedback and input is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for helping you defeat PIDs and for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com. That's bowl spelled B-O-L-L. And use promo code TII to save $50 off the nicest sheets you will ever own and get free shipping to boot. Finally, there is the TII app which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it's free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today and iOS, reminding you to phone different. 
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 